and welcome back to the Engage 8 podcast. Here to talk about week zero, recap of that, and what happened over the last weekend, and getting into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday for week one. Joined here by Robbie Elliott. Robbie, tell a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man, what's up? I, uh, yeah, I'm a Specs Howard student <clears throat> along with Noah. I played college baseball for two years at Spring Arbor. I uh, did a lot of broadcasting there, obviously majored in broadcasting. I, uh, I was the color commentator for the Spring Arbor men's basketball team for the whole season. I also ran a radio show at night my freshman year and sophomore year. And yeah, man, just a just a kid with a passion for college football and ready to dive into this week and banter back and forth with you. No doubt about it. We're going to definitely have a little bit of bantering. All right. Uh, getting into the college football talk, let's talk about the San Jose State versus USC game that happened last Saturday. A little bit of a... A little bit of excitement and disappointment from the USC team. Obviously, San Jose State's no joke as they have a tough game on their schedule this upcoming Saturday. Actually, it's on Sunday, but against Oregon State. So back-to-back 12 uh, or back-to-back Pac-12 opponents, both very quality teams out of the Pac-12. Kind of give me your take on this game. What did you see from USC that you liked and disliked and – Maybe I, uh, what your what's your expectations of this team going forward, or what would you like to see improve? Yeah, um, I mean, the obvious answer is out there. Caleb Williams is still Caleb Williams. Um, I think just to dive into it, a little bit of an expectation, real quick. I think Caleb Williams. I think he goes back to back with Heisman's. This kid just makes big plays. Um, I think USC will be good enough to where you know he can fill that. He can check that mark off the box that he plays for a good football team. But this kid's just a walking highlight tape um other than that i mean i think they show the other shining star was the fact that zachariah branch the five-star receiver in the 2023 class is proving that he is quite literally the best receiver in that recruiting class the kids shined out on the special team side and on the offensive side um but to be honest with you i would have thought year two Missing the Pac-12, or not missing the Pac-12, but losing the Pac-12 championship, missing the playoff, I would have thought I would have saw a little better defense. Now, granted, I think we both talked off camera that the San Jose State team is a little better than you know people give them credit for. So we can take that with a grain of salt, but USC's got a defense problem. Offense is going to light up the scoreboard. I fully expect this team to be back in the Pac-12 championship. But, you know, this Pac-12... We'll talk about that later, but this Pac-12, it's a good conference this year. They got a lot of exciting stars, and this very well could turn into, if this defense doesn't figure something out, it could we could see a disappointing season and maybe not even an opportunity for Caleb Williams, the star of college football, to play in a national championship. Right, and obviously, right, Caleb Williams, Zachariah Branch, this receiving room is loaded with Taj Washington, Deuce Robinson, Dorian Singer, you know, all these guys, Dorian Singer, probably one of my favorite players from Arizona in, in the Pac-12 last year. I will say I'm very intrigued by this running attack, even though they had Travis die last year, when we saw when he got injured towards the end of the year and then those final games, he obviously, the impact was different. I don't think they planned on having to go to Austin Jones last year, but this year, I mean, the offensive line looks be- looks just as good, if not better. 
and Austin Jones and Marshawn Lloyd, Marshawn Lloyd being a transfer from South Carolina after splitting a ton of carries with three different guys on that team. I think this team's definitely going to be able to not rely on the run game, but I think they're going to definitely have more run support with the more consistency of the rushing attack, especially with Williams also being a fantastic rusher as well, as long as he doesn't get in, doesn't get injured. Defensively speaking, I mean, I I like the aggression that I saw from the defensive line. I will I was really intrigued by how much. Pre- I mean, granted, it's a group of five offensive line from the Mountain West, so you know it's not Pac-12 big boy football yet. But it's still like the ten- the tenacity they played up front, especially trying to get to the quarterback. Maybe a little bit too aggressive at times. They they there's some situations if you go back and look at the game film the defensive ends are just getting way too much depth in their pass rush and the quarterback's right. just able to step up. That was the big missed tackle problem too, broken tackle problem. They, there's a coach that I loved uh, back when I played youth and he said, you have to, it cannot play with reckless abandon. I think these guys play with a little bit of reckless abandon. They, uh, they want to make the big, well, the, d- the defensive play. line specifically. Yes. I, I think the linebacking crew with Gentry and Cobb being oh, a transfer 100%. from Oklahoma state, like, those two, I think, are very fit, and I, I would say they're it, the stars. Of the yeah, they, they're definitely going to also be the leaders, and I think honestly, what this team needs is a little bit more, I guess, maturity on the football field. Like you said, playing very recklessly. I think if they're just able to, I mean, the run fits weren't great against this team, but I'm that it's also week zero. You're also trying to learn, and I don't 100%. think their game plan was really. They, they didn't really expect. San Jose State much from them. I think they kind of knew like this is more just a tune-up game. Obviously, right. they got a they got a fairly easy schedule until going. Uh, is Notre Dame is that game from Notre Dame home or away? Do you know? Uh, I actually, I think it's at Notre Dame. Okay, that's their first real test, and then they have a bunch of tests going from that week. I think their last like five or six games. Like, there's a chance, like a reasonable chance that they could lose those games will they probably not but there it's definitely not going to be e- easy games for them no down that stretch which hopefully they could figure it out i think they're just i think it was a little bit of a punch in the mouth to realize hey we gotta gotta get our stuff together and you know look at look back at the film go, get after it at practice right. you know and yeah, I mean, they play against what they play some weak FCS opponent this week. I know that. Oh, uh, no, they actually play Nevada. Oh, they play. Oh. Are you talking <laughs> San Jose or USC? No, USC. Yeah. yeah it's USC basically a weak FCS opponent. <laughs> Nevada. They have not been the up. same with, uh, without Carson Strong and Romeo Dobbs. No, for sure. All right, let's get into this. The other g- big game that happened, Navy Notre Dame. It was. A- I'll, I'll start out with this one. I think that the offense is definitely something to be more excited about than years past. I think Sam Hartman coming in and already being a big star at Wake Forest. I mean, he was in Heisman conversations at one point, and people thought he was going to go into the draft and you'll know, be a, a guy probably taken in the first or second round. But he decides to come back to college one more year, goes to Notre Dame, takes that spot from Tyler Buckner. And, I mean, the weapons around him are just phenomenal, too. As in the receiving core and Estime in the running game. I mean, this team, like, it, Notre Dame, that, as much that, as this sucks to say, 
They're they're excited. They were exciting to watch on Saturday, offensively speaking, defensively. I mean, no one wants to watch a triple option team and just a team physically dominating them when with them constantly just shutting this run game down because yeah. Navy was actually it's a little bit fun in like you know the the football games to run the triple option and make crazy, right, right, crazy right. highlights, but you know yeah no it's you can't take much I'll put it that way um, but I think like you the things you pointed out Sam Hartman's exciting this is probably the most polished quarterback they've had in a long time and he's behind an offensive line that could very well win the Joe Moore award. Um, Blake Fisher, I think is a guy that highlights that line. Uh, I think I just saw a stat. He had 49 pass covered snaps and he allowed zero pressures. I mean, that kid started as a freshman as a guard. That's, that's pretty darn impressive. I could see him maybe even coming back for a year and taking one of those tackle spots, but that offensive line combined with Estime and greenhouse, I mean, or Gresthouse, that kid, I'll say this straight up, he might be one of the most exciting receivers in college football. He's the fresh, he's the freshman on that roster too, correct? Or is yes. that okay? Because yes. they also have uh Jane Thomas and Colsey too, which were both guys that were able to make plays in this in that oh, game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well. they're stacked. I, I think this offense has the most depth as well as just firepower that they've had in Quite some time. I mean, it's a it's a complete team. The defense obviously needs to show out, but their linebackers play unbelievable football. They fly to the ball. I mean, it's it's Navy, but I still like to look at that and say these kids played a flat out great football game. There was still big stakes. It was a big game. There was thirty thousand Notre Dame fans there. It kind of felt like a home environment, you know. These guys showed out. They're gonna be good. Like you said, it's it's an exciting time to be an Irish fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too many personal out there considering our area, but (laughs) they're out there. All right. Any other thoughts wrapping up week zero? The one thing I'll point out is Ohio's quarterback, Curtis Wark, getting hurt. And then CJ Harris coming in, having eight straight incompletions in San Diego State, which they're no slouch. They're a very, fairly competitive team in the Mountain West. They made a bowl game uh, last year. The New, New Mexico State game I heard was quite an interesting game. I don't yeah, know. UMass like actually seemed like a competent football team for once. Also, shout out to Jacksonville State for getting their first FBS win. Let's that is go. some. That was the most ugly game I think. Like I didn't. I just watched a little bit of recaps of it because it's a group of five. I just love that they're still getting publicity. You UTEP like ran this like crap play on like a fourth and short, and they just tried to do some like fake qb sneak and it just went very badly but yeah hey, but shout that, out shout out jacksonville state though they're 100 that's a way to come week zero that. brings those things so that's the greatest part about week zero is these little teams these small teams these ohio's the the umass the jacksonville state fiu lauren louisiana tech i mean yeah man they get their publicity as they it, it's good football man i think even just watching a team like san jose state yeah they're F- FPS group of five, but like they got respect. Their quarterback's very like Chevron's very nice. He could make his way onto a like. I, he's a, he's a guy that's going to compete in a preseason and yeah, be a great weapon to have on a practice squad. Have as a backup quarterback, you know, 
But yeah, that kid's gonna that kid's gonna show out. I mean, he's gonna get to go up against two teams that are gonna get, have legit respect, a legit following in Oregon State and Notre Dame. And who knows, man, he could fly up some boards. He could he could get drafted, which is that's the best part, man, is seeing guys like that. I think another guy we will probably talk about a little later in Toledo's Daquan Finn. <laughs> I mean, these guys, man, they deserve yeah. respect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, group of five, I mean, you'll hear, you won't hear them much in big talk names, but when it comes to the whole landscape of college football, I mean, these are the guys that, you know, they get to play in these big games and their teams might not necessarily win, but it's always fun to see them compete against a very high level team. Exactly. All right, let's get into our week one stuff. First, the first matchup we'll talk about is 7.30 on ABC. We have LSU playing Florida State at Camping World Kickoff in Orlando. LSU has a spread at 2.5. What are your thoughts going into this? I don't know what to think. I mean, you have to think that with all the hype that Florida State has, which I'm not completely buying into, but there's reasonable it's reasonable it's logical jordan travis in the top five i think for heisman right now uh the weapons added in keon coleman and bell from south carolina this team's gonna be exciting now the biggest question mark for me at least is is you throw all this talent into a locker room can they all mesh together can they come together plays one cohesive unit i don't know i uh Yes, it's a home game, essentially, because it's in Orlando, but both teams are going to travel well. I don't think with the experience that Notre or not Notre Dame, LSU has in these games, I'm going to roll with LSU, but I think this is a toss-up. I think we're going to see the true colors come out week one for both these teams. We're going to see and be able to put together a storyline, a rough storyline, because I think a team like FSU, Florida State is going to have to, you know, it might take them a couple weeks to get going, but we're going to see this talent, how well it pulls together, and if Jordan Travis really is that guy. Yeah. I mean, you look at both of these rosters, there's phenomenal players all across the board, but LSU, I think. My problem is, is Jade Daniels, obviously the leading rusher on the team last year. Is he going to be able to get the ball downfield to Thomas and neighbors? That's a big question that he wasn't able to really do last year and his offensive line. There was a, I was listening to something and the, it was some efficiency stat where the pass blocking snaps from LSU ranked in like the top 20th and not allowing pressure, allowing Daniels get the throw off. And, but their sack rate was just super bad, like bottom. And you have to think that's a stat that's so hard to look at and judge and actually blame on the offensive line. Daniels does not sit in the pocket. I mean, the kid, why would you? He's he's big enough to run the football, but he's darn well fast enough, too. And so it's like, yeah, they're not getting pressure, but this guy's rolling out. Offensive linemen can't hold their block for longer than four seconds, man. You can't blame the guy for that. Unless you want to get a holding call, of course. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, I mean, my thing is, is that Florida State, they have spots where a lot of guys are just great college players, but they're not going to be, you know, not even going to be probably NFL players. Where LSU, they got a ton of, they got studs at every position. But I think Florida State, 
they have something to believe in th- this year. I mean, last year you didn't expect too much from Florida State. They went six and six or five and seven the year before with Norvell. And then all of a sudden, I think the Coleman transfer late definitely has a huge impact with already Johnny 100%. Wilson and other receivers in that receiving core that are able to produce. I think Jordan, Tra- I think I buy the Jordan Travis hype. He played great last year. I don't see why not. This offensive line's like decently experienced too. And they got guys on defense as well, like verse, for example, that can show out and make big plays. Obviously, I don't know how LSU is going to use Perkins this year. He was more lined up on the edge. I don't know if he's going to be more of a traditional linebacker or if he's going to be that. I think I think a lot of scouts are looking at him and saying that he'll play linebacker in the NFL. And if Brian Kelly has his guy's best interest. I mean, he's going to throw him at linebacker and shows. Right. And obviously the suspension of Mason Smith does not help for the interior of their defensive line. But I don't know this. I don't even like want to make a prediction, but I'm going to go. uh, I'm going to go Florida State here. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy into the hype a little bit. And if I'm wrong, then I'm going to have very different expectations. I think I think Florida State, to be honest with you, wins this football game. I think both quarterbacks put on an absolute clinic out there, whether it be rushing, passing, whatever. And both but these I, are very great rushing threats. Like Jordan, I, I think Jordan yeah. Travis is obviously the better passer here. He's yeah. made more big-time completions throughout right. his career than Jaden Daniels. And if you don't know, Jaden Daniels was a starting quarterback at Arizona State Arizona. who now yeah. just – couple days ago placed a self bowl ban because of some stuff from their staff that happened yeah. before why no, the coach think, got fired in the first place but right, yeah. <laughs> i think if florida state wins this game it's actually going to be on the play of their own dbs i think that's the strongest part of their defense and if those guys can show up lockdown i don't think Jaden daniel Jaden daniels requires i'm not going to put it so you know, offensively to say that he requires wide open receivers to, you know, have a good efficient passing game, but it's close to that. I mean, he really, he's not going to fit balls into tight yeah, windows. Like he body throws. He doesn't make like he's, it's almost like he's not like, obviously he's probably better at running it 10 to 15 yards down the field and picking up a first down in most situations right than throwing a contested ball. But if you look at him, like he doesn't throw the ball down the field. He doesn't give a chance for his receiver to make a play or have a ballsy type of throw. Like Jordan Travis has done that a couple of times throughout his career. And I mean, if you watch this Florida State team last year, like there's games where they had that rough little stretch where they lost like two or three games in a row. Like they definitely didn't play consistent throughout the whole season but i think this team's obviously better than last year's team and i think they're going to be able to if they could put on a whole consistent season effort i think they can make the college football playoff i don't think that's crazy to say so i don't think it's crazy either like i said there's talent all over this roster if they can play as one cohesive unit this team is something to watch out for they're competing for an acc title for sure also quick thing to note that their defense, I think LSU's defensive back room kind of scares me a little bit in terms of I don't know what to expect from them because they got a kid oh. in Denver, Denver Harris, who's supposedly this very talented athlete right. and everything, and he's running with the second and the thirds. Like, yeah. it, it's, I, you, it's never you never yeah. know what could he and could I mean, their, their defensive back room struggled last year, so that's why I say that this, yeah, could be I, very... I agree. I don't think you're crazy to say that. <laughs> I think it's going to be a it could very well, my prediction could very well turn into a complete idiosity if this 
if these receivers get loose. For sure. All right, let's move on to, into our next game. We got North Carolina traveling. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. So this is actually at the Bank of America Stadium where uh, Charlotte, the yes. Panthers play. Yeah. Shout out Matt Rule for uh, at Nebraska. Got to take on the Greek rifle. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But <laughs> uh, we got the Tar Heels traveling. Or actually, it's a neutral site game. I don't know why I'm traveling, but South they're Carolina. Is like, yeah, they're, they're, tra- traveling. they're both traveling. I think it's a little closer to Chapel Hill than where is South Carolina. Yeah. So, but UNC favored by 2.5, according to Caesars. Both pretty favored. high over under, right? For total. Uh, yeah, it's like 64 and a half, which um, is actually crazy. It, that... uh, both these defenses are not very good. So. Oh. <laughs> And both quarterbacks, especially the man wearing the blue, I mean, they can put up, they can put up numbers. Uh, we've seen it with Rattler, but we'll both happily agree that Rattler is either going to go out there and throw for 400 yards and a pair of touchdowns, or he's going to go out there and throw more interceptions than he has completions. Right. Like, like he's been very inconsistent throughout his college career. I mean, if you look at, okay, if you look at his like first year at Oklahoma where he did play in that COVID season, like he actually looked like his first game was rough, but like the rest of that season was actually very solid and production. 100%. I mean, that's why he, he was given, I mean, he was after that season, they were fully projecting him to go first overall in the NFL draft. I mean, that is, they don't just give that to anybody. They don't say that lightly. The kid's got the arm talent. He can run the football. He's not as undersized as a lot of people think he is, but you know, getting benched in the game against Texas and then having the season he did last year at South Carolina, yeah, that number one pick isn't looking likely. Let's put it that way. But what an opportunity because I think uh, I think this is a great test to see if the kid can keep riding the hot wave and see if he can go toe to toe with a quarterback who probably very likely could be the actual number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. I mean, as I don't personally think he will be as, as happy I was would be, I'm a very big Drake, Drake may fan, but Caleb Williams is obviously, if he continues his dominance throughout two years, I don't think there's any second guessing that pick. If you have that, unless well, you like I mean, Drake, may, unless you like Drake may more, of course. I, I actually and, take the logic and I'll go off topic a little bit, but I'll, I, I take the logic that, you know, Caleb Williams is making enough in NIL. He can kind of do what he wants. You know, he doesn't win a national championship this year. There's a full, there's full leverage for him to go back. If that team, you know, that's getting that first overall pick is a team like, gosh, I don't even know what team, the Chicago Bears, for example. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Like, why would you want to go there? You, I, Caleb Williams. I is mean, no, he's gonna be making just we, as much. Obviously, the NFL NFL season has to play out, and right people our teams trade for picks all the time to move up and get, get right. their guy. It's, I don't know it's why. Narrative, it's a narrative to toss around. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the typically I'm pretty sure like Bryce Young has a contract for like 40 million. Oh which, yeah. No, no. The, <laughs> like, and, and Caleb Williams is, I mean, it just, I, I mean, obviously Caleb Williams is uh, loyal to Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Riley. Sorry for that. Uh, butchering <laughs> of the name, but I, I just don't think that I don't think that happens. Maybe maybe we come back here in like January. Oh, it's we're getting crazy. We'll <laughs> yeah, see. We'll it's see. becoming but very business oriented for sure. Either way, either way, I think 
that we can definitely agree though that those two guys will be in the conversation yeah. for number one pick and we're gonna get to see why on on what is, when do they play friday saturday they play saturday at 7 30 yeah so we'll, we'll get to see why i mean i know drake may is gonna show out in this game for sure i think drake may i think it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of this North Carolina offense pans out there. You lost a lot of talent on the receiving side and there, I mean, they have a returning running back coming back in green, but other than that, there's a lot of question marks on this offense. And then defensively speaking, I mean, there's always been a question mark on that. So, and not, not to name anything, but they also lose their offensive coordinator from last season and Phil Longo. And he goes to play at Wisconsin, which I'll give my take on later uh, <laughs> that. So it's, it's a lot of new faces and new and sometimes in new places at this North Carolina team, South Carolina. I mean, they, they lose a couple guys to the portal. I really like the Wells kid on the outside. He was very yeah. productive last season. I think he could be a guy that sneaks in into that like second and third round into the NFL draft. Obviously, let's see how this season plays out. And obviously, I have a different mind than a GM or a anyone in the scouting department. Just in the national, yeah, just a little bit. You know, I think my team personally would be gross if I was in the NFL and yeah, had yeah, the yeah, opportunity yeah. to take guys in the draft. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. In the actuality of this game, I think that it really it does come down to the quarterback play. I don't know. I think Rattler, it kind of just depends how he's matured over the offseason, how seriously he's taken, you know, being a part right. of the team, going to these team meetings, going to these practices, how he right. carries himself, how much of a leader yeah. he is. And I mean, he's able to win big games, obviously. You look at the Clemson game, Clemson and Tennessee games last year, very beautiful. Bright lights don't right. try, don't scare this guy. Yeah, we it's know the th- that. It's the thing is, is that if he doesn't get the bright lights, it becomes a problem for him because he. Okay. Yeah. If you've seen throughout, even if like you mentioned the QB one show right, before, yeah. like, <laughs> dude, he loves when the cameras are on him, man, and it actually worsens his play, like you said, when he doesn't. And uh, I don't well, know. I mean, this is a prime time was... game on ABC, so he's definitely <laughs> have the lights on him, but. I'm going to take, I think I'm a Drake May believer, like Drake for Heisman. Uh, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take UNC in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm fully taking UNC as well. Yeah, South Carolina. I mean, I, I, I trust more in the UNC offensive development from years past. They've been putting guys in the league. Right both at, at all the skilled positions, I think that they can beat this. The South Carolina defense isn't a typical SEC defense where you know they're physically imposing and have a lot of big-time guys. Right. I just see, although, no, never mind. I was going to say something, but no. So do you, do you, would you take the over or the under on that 64.5 point? Uh, you know, something tells me that South Carolina could disappoint and only put up like 10 or 15 points, but as like, at that point, though, I feel like the offense for North Carolina kind of just wouldn't shut up. And no, I don't. <laughs> I think Drake May is the, the truth. Heisman is real. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to stat pad as much as their pad stats as much as they possibly can with that kid because why not? Right? Like that'd be huge for the program, huge for the brand of North Carolina to have a kid go out there and win the Heisman. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're spot on with the fact that. <laughs> If, they if he perf- if he, if he performs the way that I believe he can, he he and North Carolina like as long as they're in the top twenty five, probably more likely if you're in the top fifteen and there's no one else that really stands out statistically, 
Drake made for Heisman. All right. Uh, One of the last games that we're going to talk about specifically before we kind of get into our, we got one more after this, but we're going to talk about Coach Prime, big name to talk about, obviously, in college football. Uh, Taking on TCU, spread at 20 and a half for TCU, over under 63 and a half. I don't know, man. I like so 51 players transferred that are on scholarship. They have like seven or eight additional walk ons. A lot, a lot of new play, a lot of new faces from a lot of different places. I mean, obviously, you could talk about Jackson State. Obviously, a lot of guys coming from Jackson State going to Colorado, but I mean, you got other group of five and power five guys. I think even a couple of division two guys transferring to this Mm -hmm. team and they've had a whole summer. A lot of them have had a whole spring. Shador Sanders could be a first round pick in the NFL draft. I think he's more than capable. He he's more than capable of being being a first round pick. He like if you watch the tape, I mean, obviously he's throwing against swack defenders, but even in high school and in college, like he's been able to just play football and play at a very and he's got well, the weapons around him, man. Yeah, like I don't know how the offensive line and the big guys. For this Colorado team shape out, I also think that they're going to have to do – they've been – it's not like these guys have been in the program to learn the installs and everything for Colorado. So it's definitely going to take I, – I like I flat out saying TCU is probably going to win, but yep. I think it's going to show how much like of a makeover, I guess, this Colorado team is going to have. And they – I mean – they might be able to sneak a win in this game. TCU does not have that same roster they have from last year. I like the transfers in Trey Sanders and JoJo Earl on the offensive side, both coming from Alabama. And the now, I mean, sorry, I just got a notification. Uh, now that uh, TCU, like, I mean, they have Chandler Morris, yes, and they got the TCU does have weapons on offense. I think they return enough defensively where. They're going to be able to stay solid. I don't think they're competing for the Big 12 this year, but no, no. I still think that they definitely win this game. I don't think they win. I don't think they cover the spread at all. No. But we're going to see. Either. We're going to we're going to see some highlights in this game from both sides. I will say that. Oh, absolutely. I think the thing that just excites me the most is watching the two guys. I mean, I think Shadur Sanders is going to be. Like you said, first round talent. I'll, I'll leave it. We don't, there's nothing else left to be said other than that. He could be, this guy could be top five pick. Like it's, he has that ceiling. Now I think first round is probably first middle of the first round. High second round pick is definitely reasonable. Unless he completely shows out, then he might. Uh, there's a lot of quarterback, like last year's quarterback class. It was okay. Like there yeah. was some names at the top, obviously, but I think, I think like they stay in college a couple more years too, to also prove, I mean, like, I, I mean, but you even like getting a little bit off, off topic, like think of all the quarterbacks that are draft eligible this year that are going to be able to go in. Like we've already mentioned a couple names and right. Drake Caleb May. Williams, Caleb Drake Williams. May, Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, like uh, these JD guys, McCarthy. yeah, it's, McCarthy, it's, like, a lot of these kids, like you got Penix, Ewers, like those are like six quarterbacks that I think are yeah. capable of. And see, that's beating. where I, that's where I go back to the idea that Shadur, one thousand percent, I don't think should declare. I, I, uh, I think 
playing a few years, letting this thing develop at Colorado, there's potential there. This is another, I mean, Florida State's way more developed, but it's another case in point too. There is so much talent. Travis Hunter, Cormani, McLean, just I could go on and on and on and on. There's so many guys at this university that could build around and just this place could go absolutely nuts. This thing could turn into something super cool. But Shadur needs to prove that and he needs to develop in a system and let you know everything else build around him. Because like he said, he goes into the draft with those guys. I mean, I know I don't think is he he's not draft eligible this year, right? I think he is. I think he technically is he a freshman last year at jacksonville i think he was a sophomore or freshman if he's he's draft eligible this year i i personally with those names just the six we named i don't think he's better than those guys i don't think and even if he is i don't think he can prove that this year i think let's just let's just rip four of these names michael Penix, quinn ewers caleb or caleb williams and drake mate those four guys this year I fully expect to have absolutely monster years. All, all four of those guys alone could win the Heisman. I don't think we're going to be talking about Shadur Sanders and the Heisman. Yeah, but you know who is winning the Heisman? Quit Sean Jenkins. That's my pick. <laughs> Favorite running back. He's definitely like he's gonna that. he's he's gonna have the op- he's gonna have the opportunity to. And if Ole, I think Ole Miss actually has a very solid roster this year, where they I can think come- Ole Miss has got a great roster, but I don't think you can tell talk about it's either going to be Caleb Williams or we're going to have the second. Yeah. It's probably, it's a quarterback award on that. I I fully think it's (laughs) Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison jr. Okay. I'll I'll take that bold take and keep it right here. Marvin Harrison jr. For Heisman. I definitely possible for sure. It's just, if there was a running back to win it, it'd be Junkins for sure. Well, we can argue about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, uh, wrapping our thoughts up on that game, like I, I think, don't think Colorado takes this. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't think they cover. I don't think TCU covers the spread, though. Leave it at that. Colorado, I, I like your take on uh, Shador maybe staying, but at the same time, like you don't know what it's gonna be like in four months from now, how the season plays out and everything. Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe a guy transfers in, maybe they get a big time recruit, and they just want to have him play for that. Like it's it's a ton of things that like it's yeah college college football, football is it's crazy. <laughs> you could see a notification on your phone, and the whole uh, the whole landscape of things change. Hundred percent. All right, last game to talk about, and then we'll hit a break, and then talk a little bit more, not as scheduled, just kind of like free what our thoughts are and everything. Uh, Florida, Utah. So this line's moved a little bit that I, I, I lead. Line's going to move every day until this game is played. This game is played tomorrow. So I don't oh, know. And it's going to move up until kickoff. I <laughs> and I think it's likely that Rising's probably not going to play at this point since it's dropped from what, six to four and a half. I don't think. But even so, if Rising doesn't play, I still have a lot. Rising, like, obviously, he's a big contributor to the Utah offense, but I don't think it's significant enough where they have to change up a lot because they're a very run-heavy, defensive-oriented team. And Florida, I mean, there's Graham Mertz, people are saying he's the next Bo Bo Nix and they're around in that area. I don't know if I'm that crazy but i do think he's got the solid tools and if he's put in the right system that he's going to make it able to work and be a solid college football quarterback and maybe lead this team to like a seven and five eight and four season they definitely had the athletes at 
at positions to like make this like a fun Florida team, which I mean, if there wasn't COVID and it was a normal college football season, I think that team with Trask, Pitts, Tony, oh. and all them boys, like they definitely could have been something super special. So special. If they and had more publicity and we didn't have that. a pandemic going on. But <laughs> no, I think uh I think you're pretty spot on. I think Utah should not have to worry without having rising now it's it, there's an element of okay maybe Graham Mertz is half of what we've been hearing all off season and he plays a pretty good game well now you gotta worry about Trevor Etienne you got the run game on this team I think yeah they've returned both their running backs from last year so I, they're and I mean like their offensive form. their offensive line like they're starting a freshman at left tackle that might be a lot of uh, learning from him, but like they still have like a decent amount of return on this offensive line, right. and they have a ton of DBs and a ton of wide receivers. Like Florida is yeah. obviously known They've for this at that position at an elite yeah. level for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean it's the state of Florida. You're able to go watch a lot of these kids, and it's not much. You don't have to come in on a helicopter like James Franklin, but uh, <laughs> or uh, yeah. I was the Oregon coach. Florida- I think Florida competes. Um, I'm not gonna. I'll save my. Actually, no. This this is my upset of the week. I think Florida takes this football game, especially now that we are at Wednesday, 11 p.m. and we still have yet to hear a word that you know Cam Rising is playing or not. So therefore, I'm fully of the mindset that he's not. I think that, that is going to contribute a little bit because as good as this Utah defense may be. If their offense isn't putting up a ton of points, it could be become anyone's ball game. My question is, who is taking snaps under center if it's not rising? I'd like to believe that it's Nate Johnson, but why? I don't see a world where it's not Nate Johnson. <laughs> but I do. Like, who knows? They might put Jaquindon Jackson back there. He is a former quarterback at Texas, so. We we shall bad. see. That that'll just create. I'm I'm personally still going to take Utah. I think the identity and the structure of the team is solid enough where they could be. I don't know how good this Florida team is necessarily as highly as I have talked about them. That's just me, kind of yep. projecting like some positivity in that program. I don't really know how it's going over there, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, no this game we'll see at eight o'clock tomorrow. I guess yeah. that's the best way to put it. Yes, sir. We're going to take a quick break here, be back at you to talk talk more about week one and maybe some expectations, some uh, some hot takes for sure. Yes, sir. We'll be back. One. And back from the break, a little bit more of an open discussion as we uh, start to get towards the end of this show. Talk a little bit about, you know, What's the team that you anticipate on succeeding this year or overachieving expectations? Overachieving expectations. You know, I, uh, I'm going to go. There's a couple of teams I want to toss around in this conversation, but I'm going to go actually a different route than I thought I was going to go. I'm going to go Penn State. And okay. I'm going to go Penn State for one reason and one reason only. Ohio State is going to underperform. And it leaves this gap of like, okay, somebody's got to step up. 
And to be quite fair, there's, I don't see another team. I think this team has the combination of experience, but young firepower and a schedule that kind of plays in their favor, to be honest. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Penn state. They're, they're ranked high in the preseason, but I still don't think enough teams or analysts are talking about this team being in the conversation of in a college football playoff. It's hard. You're in the big 10. It's usually only one bid in the, besides last year, which I don't even want to talk about that. But <laughs> yeah. It it's usually one bid, but I still think that this team could find their way in. Even if they don't win the Big Ten championship, this offensive line is scary good. Drew Aller has I mean, there was a point in time when everyone was saying that Drew Aller was gonna take Sean Clifford's job and win a Heisman his freshman year. Obviously that didn't happen, but Drew Aller's still, you know, got a lot of lot of potential. Guys like Kalen King are just gonna ball the running back room at Penn State it's gonna they're gonna perform I mean this team has got fully I think the complete package to you know disrupt kind of ruffle the feathers in the in the Big Ten that I I could not agree more on that I think Penn State is definitely capable of being a representative from the Big Ten in the college football playoff for sure Team that I'm going to go with is out West that I personally don't think it's talked about enough. Like they're ranked in the top 10, but like, I don't ever see big talking heads talking about this team ever. They want to talk about USC. I want to go Washington. Washington is a team that I am very high on and even making my off season podcast on them. I thought that like this team showed a lot of positives and everything last year. Obviously, probably one of the most loaded receiving rooms in college football in general. Yeah. And I mean, you still got guys like Green, too. And I think Bernard's a cape. I mean, that might just be a little bit of Michigan State biased here. But uh, no, <laughs> like, I like this receiving room is very deep. I think their running backs capable of like. I mean, they're an, it's an air raid style offense, of course, and I think Penix is definitely suited for the job. I, he's only had one bad year in his career, and that's literally because like he came off a torn ACL. Like it's very hard to recover from that. Exactly. But his yeah. like he's he's one of the most like solidly mechanically gifted guys on, in the country. Like there's no reason for him to not perform to expectations at Washington. I think this game can get a little bit tricky for them at Boise State early on but because Boise State they really turned it around last year after having a rough beginning but like I said the thing that like drives me to it's not just offensively defensively like they have one of the like most like if you look at their front seven look at the tape look at the stats like they're actually have like so much returning guys that were an impact on the team last year I think they can even have more of a or more capable of an impact this year I think the safety room is decent yeah. Corners scare me a little bit, but there's nothing like Pac-12. We'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Like I think this Washington team can literally win out their conference and represent the Pac-12 and wow. in in the college wow. football playoff. Like if there's any dark horse team out there, I think it's Washington. I think okay. Washington has definitely the m- most firepower and can like if there was a team to do it. Like I don't think there's a team else outside of the top ten. Um. Okay. Maybe. Maybe eleven. But uh. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. But but, like this team's so 
offensively like just dominant and like able to just impose will on teams defenses and like their defense does enough cleanup work where they could like actually compete for a college football playoff spot i i uh i can't agree with that more watching michael Penix, what he did when he went in a part of that indiana team and disrupt that ohio state team i was like okay this kid He's got legit like stuff towards ACL. I thought the kid's career is over, to be honest with you, after watching that Came back and watching that kid perform against Oregon. I was like, I, I, I'll never bet against this guy. He, <laughs> he's legit, man. I think, and I'm, and I'm being serious about this. If that kid was right-handed, I think he's literally talked about as possibly being the number one overall pick. There's a lefty bias and it's not a favorable bias and you know, whatever. I think two is paving that way. I think Michael Vick paved the way well. Like Tim Tebow. Yeah, Tim Tebow. Like the he's gonna be fine in the NFL. This kid can absolutely rip the football and he's got the best receiving room out there, out west. I'll give it that. Nobody's got a better receiving room than Ohio State. But USC's a very close second, though. We cannot discredit there. 100 percent But my Michael I don't think there's a receiving room in the country that's better than Washington's. I can yeah confidently in the country, say in the country? Who, who's junior to Mecca Buka might go. I don't know, man. That, but that's just too. I don't think Ohio State's like there's more of a drop off. Carnell Tate apparently is as good <laughs> junior as I think Carnell Tate's going to be a good receiver. We'll don't get me wrong. Either way, but, though, Washington is 100%, no doubt about it. Their name is in that conversation and for good reason. And they got the gar- they got a darn good quarterback throwing them the football. It's going to be exciting. Washington, they're going to. I don't think you're crazy for saying that they're going to be in the Pac-12. More and more, I let that sink in. I'm like, yeah. Can you imagine that offense against USC's defense? Because yeah, like in my opinion, that arm tackle, arm tackle, and busted coverage is everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) Uh, and then the other team at eleven that I'm very high on that like got like I think a possible shot of making the college football playoff is Texas. I think Texas, you know. This team offensively, obviously they lose Bijan, but I think uh, Cedric, no, uh, Baxter, I think he's very capable of maybe not. You think Baxter gets majority of the carries over Cook? I think it's probably like they're probably going to split it more at the beginning of the season, but I think Baxter is definitely the better physical running back. And he's, I think he's going to be able to receive the ball just fine and and be able to be very productive along with this very, very good receiving core. I love Jutavion Sanders. He definitely is one of my most favorite tight end wide receiver hybrids out there. And then, I mean, defensively, they're not bad. Like, I think they could get by, like, maybe they could get by and, we're the still in the 12. Big 12, man. They're yeah. going to be fine. I yeah. Think like, defense will play, but it might be Big 12 defense. Show, Big 12 defense. I'm not saying they're winning the national uh, championship. They're probably going to play Georgia, and Georgia's defense no. is going to be able to hold their own. And it'll be play. Oklahoma part two. <laughs> but part I'm two. very, I am very excited about this Texas defense. And who knows? Maybe like they do get a ton of big time recruits out of. Everywhere, I mean, like on the line recruiting is off the hook. I mean, you look well, not at just that; it's just like they guys. do get big time defensive recruits, it's, but they just don't they pan out. Edge the rushers like no other right now. Yeah. I mean, this, this like they may, they might the just line. be able to put it together this season, and who knows? They might be able to just. I wouldn't actually. count the Quinn either. That kid is a winner. He uh, 
Complaining. He knows how to win football games, and he's got swagger to him. And, and he's matured a lot. I mean, the mullet's off. He's not He's not the mullet, man. The mullet's anymore. gone, baby. It's time. It's time to beat Bama. Time, time to win a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put those expectations. He's still no, but I do. I think it's very possible for them to make the college football. No, I like I like Texas. I'm uh, I, I won't. I don't know if you can say they're back because I don't know what Texas fans like to describe as back, but if considered being back is winning the Big 12, they're back. Yeah. Uh, any other team? Not necessarily. I mean, unless you have another team that you think can make mm. the college football playoff, that's not. I don't. And, outside of the Florida States, the Michigans, the Georgias, I don't. I'll, I'll say a team that could exceed expectations because I feel like the expectations are a little low. And because you can't ever count out this team is Alabama. I think yeah. if Alabama is whoever they decide to go with at quarterback. I think if that kid, you know, he performs at a level that is is enough. I mean, like you look, hard. I mean, obviously that you know their quarterbacks were still good back when they won all those national championships, yeah. but they never panned out to anything. Like AJ McCarron, he was yeah, not very good. Uh, who was that other quarterback before Jalen Hurts? Uh, Coker. That kid, like he, he turned out to nothing too. He got benched oh. over Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah, it's just like these. Kids, as long as they can, not a quarterback oriented yeah. team. Yeah, like, they're very. They've never really been dependent on a quarterback except for the past couple of seasons. And but even then, you could argue that look at that. Well, receiver. I mean, look well, at the look at the look at the help. defense. Like the defense has. Yeah, and that's looked. exactly why I think this team and I was just about to get into it. I think that's why this team can exceed expectations. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Dallas Turner are returning. Those dudes are monsters. They're going to play their position so well. I just think overall this team is not going to miss a beat. This is going to be one of the better Nick Saban defenses in the last. Mm, I think it's just going to be one of the I think they're going to be a very good football team overall but their defense is going to shine can somebody step up in the receiving room can they replace the running back position because you know jameer gibbs that's big shoes to fill and to be honest with you it's really can tyler buckner be the guy i am not saying that he's gonna be qb1 but i wouldn't think that tyler buckner transfers away from notre dame and goes to alabama if he's not being told that he's going to get at least a shot in a game so yeah, I, don't I mean, know. Let's, I think, let's I think see what, the expectations are low enough to where that they could exceed. Nobody's yeah, I mean, talking about this let, team. Let's see uh, what they roll out with against Middle Tennessee. I mean, they definitely probably have plans to use all three of those guys at some point in that game. Middle Tennessee is not going to, you know, break hearts like they did in basketball. All right, let's move it on. Who do you think is a conference dark horse? Like, who do you think is capable of winning their conference championship? I, or at least compete, making it to that point. I have two. Yeah. Yeah, you you've got a big one. And uh, so my first one is Louisville. Rip it. Yes, sir. I think Louisville's got enough offensive weapons coming in with Jack Plummer, who I I mean, throwing the ball wise is better than Malik Cunningham. I think Jeff Brown's a fi- very good offensive mind. You've seen the work that he's been able to put in Purdue. You've been able to see some of the guys he's been able to put in the NFL and very like have very high producing stats of, I mean, Charlie Jones, Rondale Moore, David Bell, like those are all three guys that have been able to succeed in the Jeff Brown system. I mean, Louisville's just as good as getting recruits as Purdue. I mean, ACC big 10, like they're both middle of the pack. I mean, Louisville's had very good success at some points with Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson, those guys. But I think this is a Louisville team that 
they could sneak in and get in there. Their schedule's yeah, not like take. The, I love it, though. schedule's not that hard. Like no. what, let, let's take a let's take actually a deep dive look. Let's 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 do it. I'll read, I'll read so so okay. They play Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, North Carolina, or NC State. I think those are five games. Like NC State's definitely a decent quality of opponent. Don't get me wrong, but they're not like anything to like. They're they're definitely taking a different turn into things after you know. If they were very successful two years ago. Last year was a disaster at quarterback with like. You had uh, Leary transfer to Kentucky, and then you had uh, what was it? <sighs> There's another quarterback that transferred out too. I think yep. he went to Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure that's the school. So uh, not yeah. Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant was the quarterback from Cincinnati that transferred to uh, Northwestern, but uh, I can't remember the name. He was very bad. But either way, it was a <laughs> fire. Yeah, I I mean Mo Morris is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but. And then, I mean, their only, like, game that I see as a loss is Notre Dame. Like, a for sure loss is Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's definitely too physically imposing on this Louisville team, offensively and defensively. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe an upset happens there. They're at home. And then they play Pitt, Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, and Kentucky. Like, this is actually a very favorable schedule for Louisville. 100%. So yeah. that's why that's why I say that I believe in that I believe in Jack Pullman. Like he was able, like he threw. I mean, not that the USC defense is like definitely the <laughs> team to go off of, but he was able to produce 336 yards on good completion percentage against that team and gave USC a fight last year. So at Cal, which has been a program on the fall, <laughs> yes. sadly, so. sadly. But I, I love that take. I think. I, I'm gonna be watching out for it. Before you said it, I would have never even thought it. Now it's it, it seems a little more logical. I mean, they play Friday. They the play Friday plays. night. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. They uh, Brent Key and that whole. Yeah. Oh, wow, the line just moved from seven and a half to eight for Louisville. So that they're definitely buying the hype. <laughs> hey, they heard the podcast. They they yeah, they, they know we they have hear. inside inside information. Yes, that's sir, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. I'm going to stick in the Big Ten. I'm going to say this team doesn't win the conference, but I think a lot of the talk in the Big Ten West is that Cade McNamara is going to come in and resurrect Iowa, and they're going to go and be in the Big Ten championship for the third straight year. Or, no, the second. Second, yeah. Yeah. Second. Oh, wait, no, uh, it was Purdue last season. It would be their second time in three years. Two in three years. But either way, I think that's the big talk. I'm not buying it. I'm going to say – that Luke Fickle and his squad can come in, come in and get it done. I think, yes, they are obviously already ranked higher, but I still don't think they get the amount of respect they deserve. I don't think Tanner Mordecai gets the amount of respect he deserves. This kid is, I mean, I, I think he's going into his sixth year of college. I'm not going to. I think it's his fifth or sixth. You're definitely right because he was behind Oklahoma. Nuts for a while and then, yep, SMU, and then SMU, and now, and now he's yeah. at Wisconsin. Yeah, but that kid, experienced plays, especially when you're actually getting play time, that kid has. He's got it at big levels. He's going to lead this team. And there's so many places that this Wisconsin team is actually so good. They're defensive backs, man. I mean, the rising freshman, Amari Snowden, that kid might get legit play time as a freshman. He's a local kid. He's from Roseville. That kid – Nobody talked about in the recruiting trail. He's really good. 
he's physical, he's big, he's built like sauce. He can honestly play like sauce. I've seen him play a lot in person. There's a lot of t- there's a lot of pieces on this team that could very well put them into that Big Ten West championship and in the big 10 championship now i don't think they win it i don't think they beat a michigan or a penn state but wisconsin hasn't gotten you know over that hump in a while that's a lot due to the quarterback play but braylon allen he could be a dark horse for a lot of different things a lot of different awards well, it's camp, heisman even like oh i think he could easily i mean their schedule once again you want to talk about schedule that plays that, that's a schedule that plays in the favor of Braylon Allen, in the favor of Wisconsin. So I don't know. I think uh I like I like Wisconsin. I think they're gonna they're gonna be in the Big Ten championship. And the other one I want to go with, and this might get a little bold. This might I don't get, think much can get bolder than Louisville. So no, you'll like this one though. Okay. I, uh, I'm thinking I'm I'm going Ole Miss. That was the team I was also gonna choose as well. I, I thought I thought Iowa I thought Wisconsin was the favorite to win the Big Ten West, but you know, and there's there's one more team that I'll talk about that you know in the same conference as Louisville. But let's let's get on this Ole Miss talk because I think Ole Miss has all the potential because I buy in I'm buying into all that hype. I I, I love that program. I think their running back room is fantastic. And the receiving the receiving rooms also still like even though they lose Mingo, like they have a ton of guys returning, and uh, a guy that transferred from Texas A and M that had some character issues, but uh, Chris Johnson, dude, that yeah, kid, or no, Chris and not it's is it Chris Marshall? It's one of the two, but no, Chris Johnson's the former Tennessee Titans running back. Yeah. I'm thinking of the same colors, Chris Marshall, man, that kid. Yeah. Is a freak of nature. Oh, like he, that, and that's the type. And of they have other. They have other has. receivers on this roster, and even their yeah. tight ends very solid as well. Like I think, I think that's impressive that Dart's been able to. He's most likely going to be the starting quarterback. I don't see why not. But even with Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders transferring, both Walker Howard being a young guy with some ambition and very talented to yes. say the least. And then Spencer Sanders being proven at Oklahoma State, you know, been able to win games at points for them. Like I still think that he's all I think Jackson Dart could be could be the truth this year. He's he was a highly rated prospect. He looked solid at some points last season. I think with him and Lane Kiffin in this offense. I, this gonna offense be, is going to flourish. Like Summers, I mean, I, and I forgot that Zachary Franklin transferred from UTSA to come here, and he was very talented with Frank Harris. Yes, JJ Henry's another guy that I really liked okay. out of spring too, where he's yep. definitely going to be able to make a name for himself. And then the tight end, oh, the Caden Pierkerson's on this team. That's cool. Michael Trigg, that's yep. a name to watch out for. Probably, maybe for the Mackey. Who knows? Ooh. Ooh. Like he's at he I had like he was a lot of the main targets in that spring game and I mean I haven't seen too much throughout the summer and fall in their fall camp but yeah like Ole Miss they they do have a decent they do have a decently tough schedule for sure I was just gonna say playing to playing to deep dive into this I, this would be I'm not calling this team a playoff team. I'm saying this but is a SEC, team that week eleven they're they're in the talks for the SEC championship. Right, like and if they can win, if they can go run. go ten and two, be be I like they're not beating Georgia. I I just don't like Georgia's my 
national champion favorite until they prove otherwise. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> stupid to say yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, Tulane's a tough... Like, uh, Pittman at Tulane's tough matchup week Gross. one. Like, yeah. they're, they're, that's definitely they not a conference. Mercer week one. Well, week two, my bad. Yeah, They yeah. play at Tulane, too. Georgia Tech's probably going to be a cakewalk for them. It should be. And then Alabama, LSU, like, if they could take one of those two games or if they go on a magical run, take both. Like, we're talking about they a team that's... We don't take both of those games. I mean... Yeah, there's, talking. like, nothing. There's nothing else. Like, And then you play Arkansas, Auburn, and Vanderbilt, which are favorable. I think Arkansas maybe gives you some trouble, def- like on the defensive side of things with, you know, KJ Jefferson, and that whole tandem. And, but I mean, Auburn probably going to be a win. I do. I don't even want to get started. I don't know about that. It's just, they don't have the P I don't think they have the overall pieces and no. they're a fully constructed team. Vanderbilt, not a, like they're definitely on Vanderbilt's definitely on an upward trend, I believe, but they, they're not going to, post too much of a threat oh. texas a&m i don't buy i don't buy into the texas a&m hype i don't I think they should little. i have at one point <laughs> but i don't think they're i don't think they're going to be a team no. yet no. i let's see what jimbo does with that team georgia i guess say it's going to be a definite loss but likely loss and yeah. then ul monroe very easy week 13 game and then mississippi state definitely uh you know, it's tough at that program right now with obviously Mike Leach passing, but I think that Ole Miss gets a win over Mississippi State. And then think, who who knows? They might they might get that Ole Miss uh, might get hot, man. I, I'm telling you, it's gonna be right in this stretch of this Georgia Tech week three to week about six, I'm saying is gonna be the most important time for this football team and to really see what this team's made of. And Alabama might be figuring on. Alabama still might be trying to figure out what, what their quarterback, oh, what they do off. Absolutely, absolutely. And we don't know what could happen on the LSU side either. Who, like, I mean, LSU, I'm definitely a little bit more confident about saying that they're going to I'm, I'm more confident that they're going to be put together, but yeah, anything like, can happen in this in the realm of college football. Jaden Daniels runs the football a lot. I'm trying to hint that, you know, it could, <laughs> it, it's this, this world is crazy. Although I think if... Theoretically, if Daniels gets hurt and Nuss comes in, I think it's I think it that team actually looks a lot more scary. But I'm that gonna, that that's my personal that's my personal opinion. I think Nuss Meyer's more yeah. fit for the LSU style than hundred percent Jaden Daniels. Yeah, right, let's let's talk about some teams that are gonna be uh you know disappointing the fan bases a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm gonna rip my uh my favorite team, my, my 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 college football team, the boys, Michigan. I, I think the expectations. I'm not saying that this team. I don't fully believe that they could win the national championship because I do. I don't. I fully believe this is the most talented roster in the nation. But the expectation is that this team literally could go to the national championship, lose, and the season is a failure. I. Uh, those expectations are too big for me. I I think if that's how we're viewing this season as a failure, if we get all the way to the last game and miss the kick like Ohio State did, like, and that's a failure, well, there's going to be disappointment. Um, we're projecting that Blake Corm could win a Heisman. JJ McCarthy's going to go out and break every passing record. I mean, there's just the ceiling for these expectations. I think is just way too high for this program to you know meet all of. So yeah, I think therefore it's Michigan. It could be a disappointment in the eyes of 
the fan bases just because this wagon has gotten a little too crazy. I mean, you know my thoughts on the Lemons kid. Yeah, the Lemons kid. Obviously, yeah. I'm very high. I think he's the guy that's going to break out for Michigan if they were to have so. a breakout receiver. I see where you're coming from. I personally don't have I, – I understand it's more coming from the fan base, like, oh, it's either national championship or nothing. Me personally, my expectations of Michigan is the college football playoff. Yeah. But I, That's the expectation, but, I mean, you just listen to anyone. I mean – Yeah, any – I know where you're coming from. I've heart. heard a, a ton of Michigan people talk about their team and the most – man. I love the team. Free. Yeah, I'll, I'll – I'm going to be there at the Ohio state game. It's I, I love this team, but I would not go as far as Joel clad and say that JJ McCarthy is the best quarterback in the country. I, I love the kid. I think he's got all the talent in the world, but no, we all know his offense doesn't let know, him be the best quarterback. I don't even world. know if like JJ would be my top five to be on complete, completely honest. Like, I don't know if he's a top five quarterback in the nation. I don't, I don't. He's, he's, I think he he's definitely proved. He, he's definitely had games to show that he is. But can he pull it up a consistent season where exactly. he pre- performs exactly. in every game? There's quarterbacks in this college football that have done that. We had the Caleb Williams. We had the Drake Mays. We have the Quinn Ewers. We had the Penixes. Like th- there's four quarterbacks right there. I could probably find at least like five or six more quarterbacks that I'm more confident. You're a logical in. fan, man. I'm. I'm. Uh, and that's kind of how I. That's that's how I like to view this thing. It's. JJ McCarthy had games where against Ohio State against but Purdue. There's that, there's the counter to it where JJ McCarthy definitely, you know, practices the over that's... the spring for once. And, you know, he has a full year being the leader of this team, which he did not do last year because no, McNamara was in the room. The so who who knows? Maybe he ends up being a top five quarterback. Maybe he ends up being a Heisman candidate. I don't know. It, it's a lot of questions of what is Michigan going to really do with this offense? And what definitely with this hype. I mean, yeah. this is, this is legit like crazy town we're entering. I mean, I wish we had crazy town in East Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, who knows? That's another, I team, mean, it's that a, is a, that is a team that is going to either very surprise a lot of people or disappoint a lot of fans. Uh, I think it's a two-way street for them because there's a lot of unknowns now. Now that Thorne and Coleman both lead the team, and a, but I do like a lot of the transfers that Michigan State has brought in. But I've already stated that there's no point of me re-saying what I've already said. Right, right, hundred percent. Team that a team that I think is going to personally disappoint oh, yeah. their own fans is Tennessee. I think Tennessee has a very wild card quarterback i like joe milton's arm strength i think everyone in the country does but what is he actually able to do when it comes to having to make accurate throws having to go on drives like he's not really battle tested in that and i think it's going to catch him by surprise and these tennessee fans by surprise when he's not able to do that you can look at that orange bowl game against clemson last year both sides have guys sitting out it's really like and Clemson without like guys like Brees and Murphy, you know, those type of guys like that's not like that would probably be comparable to an FCC defense most in the country because Clemson Clemson obviously defensively has recruits at that level. But other than that, like Joe Milton hasn't had to face an SEC style of defense and throughout his whole career. And I don't see like why people I mean, maybe I'm wrong people make wrong takes all the time, but I just don't see in a world. I don't think this running game has enough firepower to really get things going and take over a game. I do like, right. 
and small out of the backfield, but they're not the they're not even gonna probably be draft draft guys. Maybe they get signed to a free agent undrafted free agency, but no. I, I think the I, I do think the receiver room solid enough. I think if I also defensively they have a ton of question now that Byron Young's gone and they were very bad on the pat on the pass defensive side of things last year as well. They lose a couple of linemen too. It's tough, man. Like obviously all every team has questions going into week one, but Tennessee concerns me a lot here. I don't think they're I don't think they're they might not end up in the top twenty five at the end of the was, year. Yeah, I was just gonna ask that question and the question of do you uh you think you think Milton stays the QB the whole year? Because they got a kid that's burning. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Nick Nico's I think Tennessee, this is like a year where and maybe Joe Milton ends up being the truth. There's just maybe Joe Milton ends up going to be a first round draft pick because he just outperforms everyone. Like there's also yeah. that theoretical. He but, has he definitely has that ceiling. I can't I can't argue with you on that, but this Nico, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Emilava, I think is like the best way I'm gonna get whatever to it. it is. This kid has that entire fan base just buzzing. And I mean, Milton's got him buzzing too, but I mean, this kid is supposed to be one of the greatest high school quarterback recruits of all time. And I'm not thinking, I, I personally think Milton's got a short leash. I'm yeah. going to put it that way. This team, after what they did last year, the expectation of what a quarterback supposed to look like in Tennessee with what Hendon Hooker did. If he doesn't do that, man, you got to give it to the, to the freshman because at that point, the season's gone. If you're going to another quarterback, the season's over. So at that point, why not? Right. Milton's got Milton's not coming back. I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a definite question mark on who's that who's taking snaps week 12. Yeah. All right. My other team, and this is going to be a two for one punch. My other team that I think can disappoint this year is Clemson, both orange teams that I think can get uh, disappoint, but I just, I don't see a world. Where I, I I mean I okay I do see a world where Clemson succeeds I don't think they're going to be a college football playoff team this year I don't think they have the roster makeup for that to happen I think Klubnik's solid but at the same time like is he hasn't really like also like I mean you could look at that ACC championship game against UNC last year but UNC's defense is equivalent to a high school JV roster's defense like to be honest like. Not That's actually, true. not, not actually speaking, but, maybe, maybe like, I, maybe I am not, maybe like IMG's JV roster, like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, like this team, it doesn't like, there's no like standout to me other than Will Shipley. I think Will Shipley's a great running back. That's going to be able to compete for the Walker award. Right. I don't think there's any questioning yeah, that defensively. What do they return? That's a big question. They're losing a lot of defensive line pieces, which, is a little concerning, but they do get Garrett, Garrett Riley on the offensive side. So maybe some things shake up there. There's a lot of optimism down there. Me personally, I'm not buying into it. I think they finish nope. as a team that goes nine and three. You know what they kind of did with DJ in his first season. You know, I think they're still going to win games. Like there's no question about that. But I think, you know, Florida State, like that team's offense and they're still able to hold their end on the defensive side. That game could get tricky for them. It's at it's yeah. at home, but still, I think my uh, a team that I was going to mention earlier that I forgot to Miami. I think they I don't know if they're back, but 
I think they definitely have a roster capable of be doing something with these guys and trending in the right direction with crystal ball. Notre Dame is going to be a very tough game for them too. If Notre Dame continues to be this team that we saw in week zero, UNC, that's not a game that's a win for you at all. And then South Carolina, which is a team that caught them last year when they weren't expecting it. And they can definitely do it again, especially if uh, Spencer Rattler is under those bright lights. 100%. I like that take. Um, I think this is a big year. For also, Duke team. Duke might upset this team. That is my upset of the week. I think Riley upset Leonard. Duke beats UNC, huh? Or Duke beats Clemson. Beats Clemson. Yeah, it's it's bold. It is bold. It's a little but... bold, but I, I'm... If, I, if it wasn't, and to back this up, if it's not Duke beating Clemson, I think it's San Jose State beating Oregon State. Gosh, that would just ruin. Watch me go two for two, and then I just that, that would just biggest, ruin biggest... Riongule's entire career. <laughs> That'd be the ender. That'd be the nail in the coffin. Hang him up, kid. Hey, San Jose State didn't look bad, and I'm hey, not the biggest. Didn't... I'm not the biggest. I think that the way Oregon State plays, I think, could actually favor San Jose State in winning that football game. Them being electric, offensively speaking, and Oregon State being about the freak, being as entertaining as watching youth football, you know, like. You're so bold. These are some statements, man. Wow. You know, I, I personally, I'm not going to be watching a lot of Oregon State unless I have to. So yeah, I, I, I do, I do like Damian back. Martinez. I think he's a good running back. I yeah. think DJ can, you know, I he, think he, I, he, he I, can, I like he can I, do I something. I think he's definitely got still a pretty high ceiling. It's just yeah. San Jose State, man. That team could, you know, throw, throw this play. Throw this Pac-12. I mean, it threw USC in a little bit of a different, different, uh, different uh, direction than people were expecting. So, hundred percent. I back on the Clemson thing. I think this is a huge year, man. I think uh, in terms of quarterback recruiting, I think a quarterback recruit, a great quarterback recruit, sets your program up for a good four to five years. That's going to bring guys around, and it's going to get those good recruits. So, if uh, if Klubnik isn't the guy, and Klubnik, you know, doesn't have the year, and now that's two back-to-back quarterbacks that are five stars, top of their class, don't come in and perform. That have not yeah, that just underperform. Like if that says a little bit more about the quarterback development, especially if DJ does go play well at Oregon. Exactly, State too. exactly. It proves something that a lot of people didn't want to say, and that was that Trevor Lawrence truly was generational. He was the guy that everyone was saying he was out of high school. But, I mean, even before that, like, they still had guys like, I mean, Taj Boyd was solid, and then Taj obviously solid. And Deshaun, then Watson. Deshaun Watson was great. But if this, if these two guys don't pan out, I, I think even if it's not necessarily completely true and these were just two quarterbacks that, you know, didn't live up to the five-star expectation, it does not help your recruiting out, and this could really spiral the Clemson organization. I mean, they're going to get recruits, but I if you're not competing for national titles in the college football playoff ACC championships, this team can't keep up, man. Nobody's going to want to come down there. Not big names, especially big because I mean, you think they joined the SEC by now, but they're right? still I mean, they're still sticking in the ACC. I mean, the ACC got a pretty fair uh, media rights deal, but there's talks that Florida State's going to want that they might get out and go to it. I mean, I. I fully would have to believe that if Florida State goes in there, and wins the ACC this year, and goes to the College Football Playoff, that they're gonna they're gonna be in the SEC with another team that also performs very well. That who knows where they come from? I mean, right. uh, com- conference uh, geography does not matter anymore. <laughs> so no, 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 we've seen that with the Pac-12 and Big Ten merger, man. It's 
We're 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 gonna win. We're oh, in crazy. College football time. is uh, it's changing out our in front of us, and I think this is gonna be the last year of normality. Know, normality, exactly. There's gonna be a new norm created once this thing goes to twelve teams, and there's essentially three conferences. It's gonna be something fun to watch. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm excited for this year because this national championship, I this national champion this year is uh, it's gonna be a legit one and. I just I'm excited, man, that this thing starts tomorrow. We got a great football game tomorrow, and we got a whole weekend ahead of what should be just an unbelievable season. Yeah, I mean, we'll be able to bring here bring you here recaps and previews throughout the whole right. entire season. Thank you for listening to the Engage A podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Also, the social medias on Instagram and Twitter.